I, I want to welcome you all to True Faith Real Talk. This is a, a video series that I like to uh, focus on through the eyes of faith, just real issues that we're dealing with uh, day in, day out as faithful Christians trying to live it out in everyday life. Um, I'm excited for today's segment as uh, we talk about the concept uh, or idea of spiritual combat. How do we live a prayerful life, especially in this day and age where it is much, uh, it's a, it's a, a post-Christian era. Right? We live where God is being uh, rooted out of our public square, and uh, we as Catholic Christians are having a, a more difficult time in standing up for that faith. With me today, I'm excited to welcome my guest, Joe McClain, who is affectionately known as the Catholic Hack. He's the general manager of KSHJ 1430 AM Catholic Radio out there in Houston, Texas. Uh, he's the talk show host of Evangelium Live for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, he's an author. He's a speaker. Uh, you may know him from his uh, book, Muscle Memory, Beating the Porn Temptation. Uh, you can catch Joe at CatholicHack.com. And I'd like to welcome my brother, who has a family of six children, who's with his beloved wife, Michelle, to the show. Welcome to True Faith Real Talk. Hey, Joe, how you doing, my man? John, praise be to Jesus. Thanks for having me on today, man. This is exciting stuff. It is, it is. Now, let's, you know, as we're, we're entering, we're, we're about to celebrate, right, the, the solemnity of, of, of the nativity of our Lord. And um, most people, depending on how people approach the Christmas season, right? Don't is this a penitential <laughs> season? Is this? Are you uh, kidding me? They've been celebrating Christmas for a month. Now. I know, I know. Black Friday turned to Black Thursday turned to Black November, right? <laughs> and 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 here we are with the the Christmas hustle and bustle from a secular mentality, where apparently Joe Christmas is all about penguins, snowflakes, snowmen, and <laughs> candy canes. Uh, I, I I must have missed that memo. Um, <laughs> my favorite hymns are snow yes <laughs> yes snow i i mean i have to snow. admit i do love the penguins i mean that's that's it's their hey, cute. i love snow <laughs> we had snow in houston already can you imagine like if that doesn't scare you if that doesn't send you to the confessional that there was snow in houston texas amen what's, i'm not sure what will what's gonna do it so speaking right. of which so as we're in this season we're preparing our hearts and our homes right the mangers of our hearts for our lord I think one of the things that can often be overlooked is the everyday battle, right? We, we, when we, we talked, we prayed about this. Okay, what is something that would benefit our listeners, our viewers? And, and that would be the, 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 the challenge of spiritual combat. You know, for us as, as Catholic Christians, you know, we're, we're at battle with three things every day. Our, ourselves, right? The world and Satan himself. And uh, without prayer, good luck. You don't got you don't got you don't got much of a fight there, brother. <clears throat> so so I want to uh, you know take that into this segment, talk about spiritual combat, um, and and I think you you came up with ten tools that we can have uh, as 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 faithful Catholic Christians to be able to uh, you know fight against this this battle against evil against the temptation of sin, um, and ultimately as we think about the Christmas season upon us, preparing our hearts and our minds and souls not just for celebrating the first coming of our Lord, but, but more specifically about how do we prepare ourselves for the, the second coming of our Lord, which is, is what we're you know, preparing ourselves for in this battle of life here on this temporal earth of ours. Yeah, amen. <laughs> you know, one of the funny things is if you step back and think about it, we all want to wake up tomorrow. We want the sun shining. We want the weather to be just perfect. We want to get in our nice car. We want to drive down the, the far left lane on the highway with nobody in front of us to slow us down. We don't want to hit a single red light. We want to check our bank account on our mobile phone and find there's money there. We're looking forward to the time we're going to spend with uh, our friends and our family over the holidays or on a weekend vacation where we can't wait to send our kids to that great university so they can get a great job, a nice house, a good car, some fancy clothes, and some fancy friends. It's like we all want that utopian vision of that perfect life here on earth. Even us Catholic Christians sort of get caught into this trap of, you know, I just want life to be perfect here. Mm -hmm. The reality is we're sojourners in a foreign land. Amen. And the journey where we're going is to the promised land. And that is heaven. It is not here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we are rooted in the world, as you talked about, John, the world, the flesh and the devil, we're rooted in the world. 
we're already being misguided. We're already <clears throat> allowing our faculties, our senses to be misled down the wrong path. And this is the part of the problem is we don't even realize there's a war going on. We don't even want to think about a war. You know, we want nice <clears throat> fluffy homilies that make us feel good uh -huh. that don't tell us that there's a war going on. St. Paul talks about this mm -hmm. in uh, Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 12. He says, for we are not contending against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities, <clears throat> against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness and against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's talking about the diabolical. He's talking about demonic spirits who want nothing more than to see you in hell for the rest of eternity undergoing torment. Mm -hmm. That's what they want. What God wants is for you to be in heaven for eternity, enjoying the beatific vision, which is his very life, his very presence, his mm -hmm. very self, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this dichotomy going on between the world, the flesh, and the devil, you know, poverty, chastity, and obedience. Mm -hmm. And we're caught in the middle. The war is over us. Mm -hmm. We are the thing in between. And most men, A, don't know it, B, don't want to know it. And C, just kind of want it to go away. Yeah. But that ain't going to happen. And so that's the, the one reality that we're facing. Yep. The other reality is, I think most guys don't understand the kind of power that God has entrusted them with. The power of, of fatherhood mm -hmm. to make or break families. The, po the power of fatherhood to make or break communities. The power of fatherhood to make or break the world. Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. In my own family, I come from a dysfunctional family, as does most of the world now. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my parents were divorced. My father went on to have terrible uh, relationships with, I mean, literally so many women. I can't keep track of them all. Mm -hmm. You know, so that brokenness wounds us. And that woundedness we take with us into adulthood we make our own very inappropriate decisions. We just compound the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So we have our own personal sin. We have the sins of those uh, that we looked up to, like my father. Mm -hmm. And then you have the devil and the demons fanning the flame of all of that with temptation. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very bad. So we can see it on the family level. We can see it in community. Mm -hmm. Just pull out your phone and go to the headline news. Here in Houston, Texas, the third, let's say fourth largest city in America. I mean, every day I check the headline news, it's the death report. Mm -hmm. It's this, how many people were shot? How many people were killed by drunk drivers? How many of this, how many of that? How many unwed mothers do we have here? How much drug and alcohol problems here? Mm -hmm. This is a major hub for the drug cartels to bring sexual slaves, human slaves. It's, slavery is far worse today than it ever was mm -hmm. in history. Mm -hmm. That's happening in my own backyard here in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. So you can see how the power of fatherhood to make or break humanity is, is it's like, how in the world could we be entrusted with that? We are not up to the task. Mm -hmm. However, with us, it is not possible. With God, all things are possible. Amen. And he has given us the tools. He's given us the tools to take our fatherhood and use it to transform our families, to transform our communities, transform society. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's not our doing. It's his doing. But because God is a perfect father. Like, John, I got six kids. How many kids do you got? I have three. OK, so you're still working. Out, right? <laughs> yes. Whatever God I, gives me, brother. Whatever I God just, gives me. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't help that. Uh, so uh, in my family. Right. Not everybody does the dishes. Somebody's got to take out the trash. Somebody's got to mow the law, do the laundry or whatever. You know, but one thing's for sure. A good father never lets his kids lay, be lazy and sit on the couch all day when there's work to be done. Yep. Right? Amen. I mean, I need my kids to mow the lawn, and I, I can guarantee they don't do it as good as I do. Right? <laughs> They're just never going to do it the way I want them to do it. Does that mean I, I do it myself? Does that mean I take all the tasks on because they're not capable of, it, of doing it to the perfection that I want? No. A good father still gets the kids off the couch, out of bed and engaged in the work of the family. Our Heavenly Father is better than us mm -hmm. in every respect and in every way. He is more perfect of a father than we can ever imagine, right? right? So even though he does not need us to do anything, he still gets us off the couch. He still engages us in the life and the work of the family. Mm -hmm. And the work of his family is the salvation of souls. It's yep. the saving of the whole world, 
right? Mm -hmm. So he uses us, and although we are imperfect, he still engages us in the work, which is why part of the reason we go to a priest, a man, to uh, to say our confession. Mm -hmm. Because he may be imperfect, but it's through that imperfect person that God miraculously heals our wounds and and takes on our sin and takes it away from us and forgives us and absolves us. Mm -hmm. And we can actually hear the voice of Christ through that man. Mm -hmm. Same reason why a priest can consecrate the Holy Eucharist at the altar. That man, that priest may be a sinner. Mm -hmm. He may need to go to confession himself. And still the promise of God the Father is valid, right? Mm -hmm. So the power to make break the world on fatherhood is immense. Most fathers need to realize we're in a battle. Mm -hmm. We're fighting against the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. And we have tools at our disposal to win the war every time. Mm -hmm. And so I've I've listed 10 of them here. Yep. You know, one thing I want to say, though, is I've been doing a lot of talk on spiritual warfare when I travel and speak lately. And so I've had to do a lot of research, and I've got some great books here, Matt. I mean, uh, Spiritual Combat, Dom Scapoli, it's a classic, right? John Labriola, Onward Catholic Soldier, fantastic. This should be required reading for every man on pain of excommunication. (laughs) I were the Pope, and you're lucky I'm not the Pope. (laughs) Amen. Give God some praise because I am not the Pope. (laughs) But if I were, this book by Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, it would be required. Like like if I were the priest that stand at the door, did you read the book? Get out of here. Get out. you got to read this book. You'd go, go Padre Pio on them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then, of course, uh, Manual for Spiritual Combat by uh, Thigpen. Uh, this is a fantastic book. This is, you can meditate on this every single day. Great stuff. All right. So in looking at that, I studied a lot of exorcists and demonologists mm-hmm. to get a better sense of what was it, what was the, the powers, the principalities, the spiritual darkness that we're fighting against. And they all said the same thing. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, eight, Romans 8.31, St. Paul says, you know, uh, if God is on your side, if he is with you, who can be against you, right? right. Greater is he who lives within you than he who lives in the world. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22, you shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. Mm-hmm. That's the trick, right? Mm-hmm. The Lord your God fights for you. Mm-hmm. But it's an act of faith that you allow the Lord to work through you for yourself and for your family. So tool number one, mm-hmm. tool number one, do you pray every day? What is your prayer life like? I mean, I'm not, this, is, this is between you and the Lord, right? right? So just give yourself the opportunity to be honest with yourself today. No more buying your own lies for one moment today. Just take a pause on buying your own rationalism and just be honest with yourself. Do you seriously pray every day? Is it the first thing you do when you get out of bed? Is it the last thing you do when you get out of bed? Do you pray frequently throughout the day? John, I can't tell you how many times a day I say to myself, Jesus, I need you. Oh, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you so much. I have a devotion to Our Lady, and that's one of the tools. It's devotion to Our Lady because every demonologist, every exorcist said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mary is the terror of demons. Mm -hmm. When she shows up, they run screaming and it's intentional because God can beat the devil all day long, blindfolded with one hand tied behind his back, you know, half of his brain focused on other parts of the cosmos. He can still defeat the devil. I mean, it's a duh. Yeah. <laughs> the devil gets butt whipped by a human woman. Boy, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You don't tell that to your demon buddies. That's right. Yeah, I'll go with that one. So, and she's, and it's her humility. Mm-hmm. It's her faithfulness. It's the power of her fiat, her yes. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus says it's not the flesh. It's not you know the 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 nipple that he sucked as an infant child that makes her you know incredible. Mm-hmm. It's her yes that makes her incredible. Mm-hmm. She's the terror of demons. Mm-hmm. So, what's your prayer life like? Are you praying? Throughout your day, mm-hmm. I pray Hail Marys constantly. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to have engagement in conversation with uh, not just the Lord, not just Our Lady, but our spirits, our, our, our spiritual brothers, the saints, our sisters and brothers who have gone before us in heaven. Because when you get to heaven, you want exactly what God wants. Your mm-hmm. priorities have perfectly aligned with God's. Amen. What is God? Your salvation. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what they want. Mm-hmm. So they are going to work for you to help you get to to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Do you pray to your guardian angel? Do you even talk to your guardian yeah. angel? When was the last time you had any words with your guardian? I mean, think about this. They're assigned <clears throat> to you to help you get to heaven, and you ignore them. Mm-hmm. Okay. When's the last time that worked out in a good relationship? It's a, yeah, it's a personal bodyguard, right? They're there. For, so think about that. They're smarter. They're stronger. They're faster. They're quicker. Everything you would want. They're nin- right. they're ninjas, and we just kind of. I mean, we don't even acknowledge them. Yeah, wait. You know? we feel embarrassed because we, you know, it's like I'm talking to thin air. Yeah. Faith, faith. Where is your faith? Have faith. The Bible tells us you were assigned a guardian angel. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I hate to tell you this, but the demonologists, the exorcists, have said to me, you were also assigned a demon. There's demons who are assigned to destroy you, to help destroy you. And they compete over your soul because they do. They do brag. They, and there is a bashing that happens when they get defeated. Mm-hmm. So if you're not engaging your tools in your toolbox, the, the weapons in your arsenal, then you are simply going to be working off uh, of a, like an empty tank, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk to your guardian angel. Don't name your guardian angel. Don't, you know, hey, Bob, how are you today? No, no, no. You didn't get to name that guardian angel. Mm-hmm. It's not your child, right? God created him or, you know, the angel. You let God worry about the name. Just say, my guardian angel, please pray and intercede for me today. Mm-hmm. My guardian angel, help me with this temptation. My guardian angel, help me overcome this challenge. Mm-hmm. My guardian angel, please, you know, be with me. My guardian angel, be with my wife, my children, be my, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Pray. Start speaking to your guardian angel. Mm-hmm. That's tool number one. Tool number two, do you... Examine your conscience every night. I mean, when we get ready to go to confession, I mean, if you're dragging yourself to confession once a year, just so you could say, I checked the box and I'm still Catholic, right? (laughs) Well, that's not going to be the best way to really implement this grace. I mean, think about this. God gives you his grace. What is grace? His very essence, his life, himself. He is giving it to you, wrapped in a bow. Here you go. You go to the confessional. You are honest and frank about your sins, mm-hmm. that which separates you from God. Mm-hmm. And God says, no problem, you're forgiven. And most of the time, it's like the priest today. I mean, go, go to confession a thousand years ago. Spend the next six months on your knees, broken glass, whipping yourself, praying the 10 rosaries a day yeah. in Arabic. <laughs> Day you go to confession and it's like you confess all these sins and pray half a hail mary. I mean, talk about mercy, talk about unquenchable grace. It's just sitting there for you. It's just waiting for you. He's waiting. He's begging you to come to the confessional. The least you can do is examine your conscience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just to go through and actually try. Pretend like you're a prosecutor mm-hmm. and you're going to prosecute yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what is what's the evidence? And just step step outside of yourself for a moment. Don't actually do that. I don't even recommend that. Okay, none of that. No. That, that's, that's right. That's a that's a different church, Joe. That's, that's a, different a different church. Okay. That's a different place. <laughs> Metaphor. Stick with me on this. Pretend like you're going to accuse yourself. Go through the evidence. The examination of conscience is going to give you great peace. You're going to find incredible peace that comes from examining your conscience nightly. Nightly. Every night before you go to bed. Think on your day. What did you fail in? What did you succeed in? Go through your day in your mind and keep a record. When you do go to confession, hopefully you do it on a regular basis. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you're going to be prepared. You have already gone through your examination. You already have that list in your mind of the types of sins, the frequency of sins, and the nature of those, right? So when you make that confession, you're going to find you make a great confession, and you're going to float out of that confessional, and you're going to feel God's grace in you. And it's going to be such an incredible experience. You're going to love it. Wait, so, Joe. Gonna... Hey, Joe. Real quick on that one, because I think one of what what our our viewers need to understand and, and recognize in their life, especially when dealing with sin, is the devil's you know one trick pony when it comes to sin is hey that very sin you're about to commit he he makes it out to not be a big deal and then when you actually commit it it becomes the biggest deal that God will never forgive you for. So yeah. if you just get into the confessional box. And allow for God's mercy to work through that. You realize that it, as difficult as it may have seemed five seconds before you walked in there, it becomes the greatest gift that you were able to experience God's mercy and love. And then you start to, like you and I, right, frequent that confessional box, not because we're holier than thou, but because we realize, 
Yeah, yeah. We know that we need God's grace and God's life in us to be able to yeah. do all the things that, that he asks of us to do. But again, it becomes this, I look forward to getting into confessional. And oftentimes, like you said, because we're not living in a thousand years ago, I'll be like, uh, can, you, can you do more? I mean, can you give me 10 hours of adoration? Um, can I can I get my wife to punch me in the face 20 times? I mean, what is it do I need to do? To oh, feel... she'll do that for free. <laughs> That's... That's me. So anyways, moving on. Number three. Yeah, no, it's so true, though. And uh, you're just going to find your experience of confession will be incredible. It's just really going to transform your, your experience of confession because you will have done a proper examination. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, it's an act of charity for everybody else in line behind you. Mm -hmm. Because if you get in confession and there's a line behind you and you're not sure of your actual sins and you start rambling on about all this and Father has to, has to weed through all of that to figure out what the actual sin is, because mm -hmm. that's just going to make all those people add one more sin to their list when they get in there. And that's because you frustrated them. So it's an act of charity as well, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, number three, tool number three in your tool bag to crush the head of Satan through the immaculate heart of Mary and the sacred heart of Jesus. Do you go to confession more than just on Sundays? I mean, Sundays is the minimum, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking minimum level. I mean, if you go to your work and go to your boss and say, what's the minimum that I can do to be a good employee? Do you think you're ever going to get a raise? Do you think you're ever going to progress in your company and your standing or whatever? No. Okay. You no, mean so, Joe? You mean uh, mass? Do you go to mass every more than Sunday? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You you mentioned confession, so I just want to make sure we're clear on that one. So do you yeah, go to mass? Okay. Mass. Okay. More than on Sundays because yes. that's the minimum. But you have access to mass every day of the week, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So can you take in one more mass a week? Mm -hmm. Can you make a trip and go to the uh, tabernacle or adoration? Mm -hmm. Because not every parish has adoration, mm -hmm. but you, there's always Jesus proposed in the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. So spend some time before the tabernacle. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, you know, we all love him. He, he, every single day, without fail, one hour minimum, he spent before the blessed tabernacle. The hour of power. The hour right? of power, yeah. And he traveled so much, there were times where he couldn't actually get into the church. Mm -hmm. He would go. Like there would be times where he'd stand in a back alley as close to where he knew that tabernacle was located as possible. Just stand outside the wall and just stand there for an hour because that was as close as he could possibly get to to our Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. That's going to transform your life. You know, when if you let's say you're married, guys, you're right. You're married. Mm -hmm. Try not talking to your wife. See how that works. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I know. <laughs> it's not going to go well. Uh -uh. It's just not. But if you start to have that relationship, things get better. Same thing with our Lord. It's going to be better. Spend an hour with our Lord or get to Mass more frequently than on Sundays. Real so, quick, hey, Joe, on that one, you know, if you took all the hours with the Holy Days of Obligation, you know, in, in the United States of, of the Sunday Obligation and then all the Holy Days of Obligation, uh, with 8,736 hours in a year, <laughs> and we say, let's just say we spend 56, 57, because there's 52 weeks in a year, right? 57 right. hours a year with our Lord. If we just went to the Sunday obligation, that's 0.66%, brother, of time with our, our, our blessed Lord. And like you okay. said, is that a relationship? That's not when even When you say it that way, you just, you're being, you know, okay, 57 hours out of 8,000 is excessive, John. Yeah. <laughs> That's way too much of me. Yes. I mean, you know, 0.66%. I mean, apply that to any relationship you have, right? right? Any <laughs> obligation that you have. And is that relationship? No, it's not. Like you said, if you apply that to uh, your marriage, if you apply that to your relationship with your children, if you apply that to your relationship with any of your co I mean, just fill in the blank. Good luck. Right? Yeah, good luck. Good luck. That's not a relationship. No, that's, it's that's not. That's barely even an acquaintance, if that. <laughs> That's you see him on occasion. Yeah, I, 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 yeah exactly. I see that That's guy at the right. donut shop every so often when I go there. Right. Yeah. And if your relationship is when you do talk to the Lord and spend time with the Lord, it's all about gimme, 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 fix all my problems. Mm -hmm. Is is God your sugar daddy or is he your savior? Amen. You know what I mean? Is he the one who who has died for you on the cross? Or is just the guy you go to when things aren't working out and you just need him to make things right? That's part of our problem is our outlook on the Lord. It, it tends to be skewed and not proper, right? You know, we, we, God, how could you allow this bad stuff to happen in my life? Versus having an actual relationship and understanding the world and to asking, having, actually having the courage to say, Lord and my guardian angel, help me see the world from your perspective. Help me see this person who is a thorn in my side from the way you see them. 
Help me see them like you do. Mm-hmm. I guarantee if you make, start making prayers like that, one, you're going to have your eyes open. And two, you're going to grow in grace. You're going to grow in holiness. And when you grow in grace and holiness, it's going to rub off. It's going to filter out to those people surrounding you, your wife, your children, your friends, your family, your coworkers, that perfect stranger who happens to be in your life. When you live in a state of grace and holiness, when you have that relationship properly ordered with the Lord, it's going to create a wall of defense around your loved ones. Because as father of your family, whether society wants you to know it or not, or you to believe it or not, you are the wall of defense spiritually in the war. When you sin, you create a breach. And through that breach comes rushing the world, the flesh, and the devil to corrupt the souls of your wife and your children. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not, it's not about equality, right? We all have different roles. Amen. We can be equal and different at the same time. Yep. In order to seal the holes in the, in the wall to protect your family, you have to live in a state of grace yourself. So, you know, praying every single day, having a plan of prayer. Good nightly examination of conscience, getting to mass, adoration, uh, and even confession on a more frequent basis. How about daily development spiritually? Mm-hmm. What, what time are you spending in the Word of God, right? Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend reading spiritual works that are going to develop you, form your conscience, help you to understand the faith, help you understand the tools and how to implement them in your life or grow in relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I do, because we're all busy, right? We all got lots going on, is I will listen to something spiritually connected in the in the morning commute to my office. Yeah. So, I mean, you got smartphones now. You could download the EWTN app on your phone and listen to the audio Bible, which is on the New Testament, which is incredibly well produced, very, very highly produced. You can listen to that for free right off your cell phone. Listen to the Bible. You can do that. There's Formed. There's the Institute of Catholic Culture. There's John Sablon's YouTube channel. There's (laughs) Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. I mean, there's so much incredible content, free. And some of it, like Formed, there's a cost of Formed. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's tons of free content available to you that you could be listening to on just listening to on your community, even work. just Catholic radio, right? As, as somebody who who works in the field, right? Just listen to I plug know. it in. 14... I didn't want to be biased, but I'm just <laughs> to say Catholic radio. No, it's cha- it, it changes lives. It changes exactly. lives, and you can stream Catholic radio too. Yeah, I mean, maybe you don't live in an area with Catholic radio, you can actually stream it on your phone as well. Yeah. So there's there, the availing yourself of every opportunity is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. So you could be getting up early, reading. I mean, I got to tell you, John, I like the outdoors. I like to hunt. Mm-hmm. I get up at three o'clock in the morning when I do that. Mm-hmm. Am I ever getting up early to study God's word? Mm-hmm. Right. Am I going to bed a little later in order to spend some time in God's word? Am I studying the faith? I think I saw a statistic from the university, uh, uh, the Catholic university of America out of DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, this statistic is probably a few years old now, but it said 64% of Catholics spend way more time on entertainment than on studying the faith. Oh, that's, yeah, easily. Easily, right? Easily, yeah. So how much time are we spending watching, you know, just twaddle on YouTube, on the boob tube, mm-hmm. or anything else, entertainment, music, sports, all that stuff, and not spending an equal or greater amount of time studying and learning our faith. So as a man, you want to win the spiritual combat, this is one of the tools in your tool bag, is have uh, an intentionality of spending time in God's word, the lives of the saints. I personally love to dive into the lives of the saints. History is one of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. And so I like to study church history. I like to read books on church history. I love to read the lives of the saints. Hey, Joe, on that, just because I I am a part of the third third order, I'm a third order Dominican, right? Uh, For for St. Thomas Aquinas, he would say that knowledge as a virtue is key because you, you can't love that whom you do not know. Right. So, so, so ultimately, the the end of knowledge becomes a love and, and a greater devotion to whomever that may be, right? So for us, it's, it's relationship, our, right, John? Exactly. We've been talking about relationship this whole time, and, and how intentional we need to start being about that relationship with our Lord. Yeah. And so far, we're talking about all these tools are about us and our relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. because as again, as guys, the power to make or break a family, it, it rests with us. We are the father of the family, and in the spiritual order. We have a responsibility and a power that no other member of our family has. That doesn't mm-hmm. make us big 
are arrogant. That shouldn't make us arrogant or boastful. It's in fact, I would say in many cases, it's kind of an, a burden. It's mm -hmm. kind of a cross that we must pick up mm -hmm. and intentionally carry every single day. So mm -hmm. what is that relationship like for you? How about uh, number five mm -hmm. on the, the top 10 list of uh, your, the, your, your kit, your tool bag to defeat, to crush the head, to slap silly Satan and all the demons that are trying to kill you because that's what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. How about keeping the Sabbath day holy? Do you mow the lawn on Sunday? Do you, do you intentionally do extra work on Sunday? Do you go into the office on Sunday after mass? I know a lot of guys do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what are you doing to keep the Sabbath day holy mm -hmm. for your family? What, cause leadership by example, your kids see you working on this day. It sort of becomes not as important to them because they see you do it. I know it was like that in my dysfunctional family when I was growing up. Mine as well. They, they, they claimed to be Christians, right? I mean, we weren't Catholic at the time. Uh, they claimed to be Christians. I watched my dad watch, you know, Jimmy Swaggart on Sunday mornings before he went to church. But then I saw all of my dad's other behaviors. And it became obvious to me by the time I was a teenager, well, didn't mean nothing to you, ain't going to mean nothing to me. Right. And I you know, went off and tried to live the world of flesh and the devil. Mm -hmm. So keeping the Sabbath day holy is an important key in the life of your family because you're going to be leading by example on something that the Lord said was incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Not the Sabbath day itself is important, but the fact that we rest in God is important. Mm -hmm. That we allow the Lord to refresh us and recharge our battery that day. That we set the world aside, even, even though the world is good, right? God created the world good, but the, even goods can be a distraction. Even goods can be manipulated and, and abused, right? Mm -hmm. So we set the world aside for one day, and we just rest in God. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, start simple, little things. For instance, a lot of times in my house, uh, we come home from church. We always go to the 11 o'clock mass. Right. That's our mass, dude. I don't <laughs> care. It could be said in Swahili. And I, it's 11 o'clock. It's our mass. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it, so it's just middle of the day. It takes the whole chunk of the day out because mm -hmm. the time we get home, it's like two o'clock or one yeah. thirty, two o'clock. So like big, huge chunk of the day is gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So we come home from mass. We have lunch. A lot of times we'll get into spiritual conversation over lunch. Mm -hmm. You know, we start talking about, you know, catechetical things or whatever conversations come up. And we'll sit there and spend some time just talking. Mm -hmm. Now, my family is as guilty as anybody about this. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the tools that we have at our disposal to make a big difference in the spiritual combat. Is intentionally, as men, leading the way for our family and doing things that are going to help keep that Sabbath day holy. Okay. Avoiding labor, avoiding work, avoiding things that we could... Could have done Saturday, run all the errands Saturday, do all the shopping Saturday. We could do all that Saturday. Sunday should be a day of resting in God's grace. Amen. Uh, number six, frequent reception of the sacrament of confession. We've mentioned this a few times already. What is your plan, right? What is your How often are you getting a confession? A lot of people say once a month is a minimum. Some people say every two weeks. I know priests that go every few days. Mm -hmm. Those are real sinners right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, they're no worse off than me, you, or anybody else. Right. The difference, the difference is they love living in a state of grace. Yep. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. They just love being in a state of grace. Not that mm -hmm. they're over-scrupulous about uh, every little thing. It's that, that they really enjoy receiving God's life poured out into their soul. Mm -hmm. who, wouldn't, who doesn't want to receive that? Mm -hmm. I can tell you who. People whose consciences are so dim that they have lost sight of the grand prize, which is heaven. Mm -hmm. So as a man, I can tell you in my own home, when, like right now, I'm sitting at one month since confession. Mm -hmm. And it, I, you can see it in my family. You can just see the effects in my wife and my children because I've gone this far. I, I haven't gone back to confession. My plan is that when we get off here, I'm actually going downtown to the chapel where they hire confessions every day. And I'm going to go to confession today and hopefully get it in before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So it's so important because when you don't, when you start to come unwound through even venial sins, mm -hmm. then it starts to rub off on your wife and your children. Again, you're the wall, you crack, they, the demons come in, it just, they start wreaking havoc. Mm -hmm. So you breach that through confession, frequent re reception of the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about the brotherhood? <laughs> what is your peer group like? Yeah. Number the tool, the seventh tool, your tool bag, is to surround yourself with men, with warriors for Christ mm -hmm. who want to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're hanging around with guys who have no desire to get to heaven, 
dude, you are in the wrong brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You are in the wrong fraternity. If they don't want to not only get to heaven, but to utterly conquer the world for Christ and for his and for the salvation of souls and for his kingdom, then you are just not hanging out with the right dudes. Right. Okay. So if you surround yourself with men who are sinners like you and me, but want and desire to get to heaven, get the wife and their kids to heaven, to transform our communities for the glory of God, then what you when you do that, you're gonna start to see how when the water rises, all boats rise with it. And that means they're going to pull you along. They're going to mentor you in the process. They're going to encourage you. They're going to even uh, challenge you when they notice that things are starting to come unwound in your life. Mm-hmm. So find a brotherhood, whether that's meeting with them once a week for coffee, whether that's the, a program at your parish, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But just seek out and find a brotherhood that's going to challenge you, mentor you, and inspire you to live a holy life. When right. you do that, it's going to have drastic effects. Yeah, it's possible. it's accountability, right? I mean, I think uh, one of the things I, I I share with a lot of people is, hey, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, right? Yeah. You you you, you yeah. become what you are mostly surrounded by, and that's just human nature. That social science will tell you that. And I mean, I know for myself personally, where this is where the flesh meets the bone. Three years ago, I started a men's ministry at my parish for that very reason. I went right. to our pastor and said, "Look, I can't do this on a, on an island." We've got to, we've got to build you know a, a brethren, and now we have two sessions, a morning and an evening session, where we have you know eighty men consistently coming to a, a six a.m. session or a, a seven p.m. <laughs> session um, every week to grow in holiness and to, to know what, what God is calling to us as men and to lead yeah. our families or our communities to heaven. That's amazing. Two years ago, I went to my priest. I was having a hard time getting to confession once a month. And just because of the way the confessions are heard at my parish, you know, right before mass, I'm like, Father, I need more. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am a sinner. I need (laughs) more time. This is not working. I show up as a long line. I never get in. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I convinced him to start a holy hour for men once a month uh, at our parish, 530 in the morning. And we invited the whole city to it. And we've been doing it for two years, and we've got men coming from all over the all over the city. It's right downtown, mm-hmm. five thirty in the morning, adoration, confession, holy mass, and we do fraternity afterwards with coffee. Mm-hmm. But at least now, because I'm so selfish, mm-hmm. I get an opportunity to go to confession once a month. Amen. Brother. Although this last month there was too many men in line, and I couldn't go, so <laughs> I still got to go. But anyway, my point is, you know, uh, get into a group, and if you don't have one, start one like John did, yeah. like I did, mm-hmm. right? Just start one. Go to your priest and say, Father, I'd like to change the world. Are you up for that? How about we start a, a program here at the parish? It doesn't have to be complicated. Mm-mm. I mean, Father knows how to do adoration. Father knows how to do confession. Father knows how to do mass. And coffee, that's a no-brainer. It works all by itself. That's right. right. So, I mean, so there's not a lot of complexity in all of this. There's intentionality. Mm-hmm. What's your intentionality? Mm-hmm. Get into that fraternity. All right, number eight, the eighth tool on the list. The use of sacramentals in your home. Now, I remember my good buddy Doug Berry uh, from, uh, he used to be a co-host live on The Rock, but now he produces a show called Battle Ready on EWTN. Mm-hmm. And I just remember hearing him tell the story of when he had this first, you know, sort of cl- clarity moment in his life that he was supposed to be the father of the home. He was supposed to lead in the spiritual combat, and he, but he was embarrassed, right? He was embarrassed. He didn't want his wife to kind of catch him. So he waited till she was asleep, and then he took holy water to the house, and he was sprinkling the house, and she busted him. What are you doing? You know, it's like, he's like, oh, no. You know, she busted me, and now I, I have to out myself as, uh, as going through the house and blessing the home. But the reality is, in her heart, that really woke her heart up. Mm-hmm. Because what women want is for godly men to be men. Amen. To embrace their role. Mm-hmm. And the part of the problem is most of us were, were sort of, we've grown up in emasculated environments. Yeah. And that emasculation, as a oh boy, St. Thomas Aquinas, being a Dominican, mm-hmm. okay, he said his definition of emasculated men is emasculated man pulls back from doing the good out of fear of uh, losing some pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. So an emasculated man will fear every darn thing. Mm-hmm. And if I if I'm going to lose what I feel will be respect from my wife, well then I better not pray out loud. I better not do things like sprinkle my home with holy water or bless my home or all these things. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that's the world of flesh and the devil talking. 
a masculine man, as uh, Deacon Harrelberg service clearly outlines in this required reading. <laughs> Don't ask your priest or bishop, just trust me on this required reading. And me, and me. <laughs> uh, you know, a, ma a real man, a masculine man, embraces his role as leader, protector, provider, priest, prophet, and king of his home, mm -hmm. and is going to do the things necessary to protect and become the wall between the de demonic, the diabolical, and his family, right? Mm -hmm. Your job is to die to self. Mm -hmm. So God has given us tools in order to do that. Holy water, fantastic tool. Do you bless your home? Mm -hmm. Do you walk around your home blessing your home? How about blessed exercise salt? Mm -hmm. You know, you could be using this in your home or even in your food, some exercises say. Mm -hmm. The scapulars, do you mm -hmm. wear a scapular? Do you have enrolled your family in the scapular? The promises that were given to St. Simon's stock from our blessed lady on the scapular are incredible. It's not a get out of jail free card. What it is, is when you live in a state of grace and you do the things that are important and necessary for your own growth, your own holiness, and for your family, the promises are going to be fantastic. The queen of heaven and earth is not going to leave you abandoned. Mm -hmm. Do you wear the scapular? Do you have your family do it? Mm -hmm. How about miraculous medal? Do you wear the miraculous medal? St. Maximilian Kolbe, he used to put the miraculous medal on Nazi soldiers. He would put this on SS guards, Jews, uh, Hindus, you know, it didn't matter. He didn't care who you were. If he encountered you, he would try to get this miraculous medal on you some way, somehow. Mm -hmm. The spiritual combat is, this is one of the best tools in the spiritual combat. My buddy, Mark Kalk, who runs a ministry called the Kingsman out of Philadelphia, mm -hmm. he would set up these protests outside of uh, strip clubs and DVD shops. And he'd stand out there and say, real men, you know, don't don't support this nonsense. And he would they pray like 40 days for life. They'd pray out in front of these, these facilities. Well, one day they buried a miraculous medal on the grounds of a strip club. And that the battle went like this to that immediately. It's just like elevated. So crazy. Like just skyrocketed because Our Lady is the terror of demons. And they could not stand this. It drove them nuts. So. Miraculous metal on your person, on your family, mm -hmm. on your property, you know, have it blessed and you're going to see incredible things happen. This is it tools at your tool at your toolkit. So all of the sacramentals that God has given you to use, are you using? You don't have to use all of them. Use some of them. Mm -hmm. find, the, find the ones you like and use those. I have a purple, purple scapular now. I had it blessed and it's for chastisements. So we just had a major hurricane here in Houston, Texas, perfect mm -hmm. example. There could be tornadoes, wildfires in California. Right, I right. Mean, you name it. <clears throat> you never know when troubling times are going to come. Protect your home. Protect your family at, with the sacramentals. Mm -hmm. All right, number nine, catechizing your family. <laughs> are you leading the way, dude? Yeah. Uh, or do you just drop them off at uh, your CCE, CCD program at church and, and call it done? Check that box, right? No, you, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says you are the primary educator of your family. Mm -hmm. So you have to lead the way there and make sure that your kid, your family is catechized. So do you expose them to catechetical materials? Do you expose them to the Bible, to the lives of the saints, to spiritual works? Again, that car, that car ride, whether it's Catholic radio or it's uh, content off formed, or the Institute of Catholic Culture, John Sablant's YouTube channel, Deacon Harold, EWTN. I mean, the sky's the limit. The content is so out there and so amazing and so accessible to you. Mm -hmm. You can be playing this in the car uh, on through the stereo, you know, so your kids can listen on the drive. You can be sitting at around a table after a meal and having a conversation. And you know, it's amazing, John. How old are your kids? Uh, my daughter's twenty-five. I have a twenty-one. I have a twenty-one-year-old son and a seventeen-year-old son. You are old. I'm glad you're sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to, to bring up your point, though, on, on that, because I think a lot of men in particular fear that 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 um, that responsibility of catechizing their family. I mean, we, we know we're the domestic church. And the wow. reason why they fear it is they feel like they have to be a theologian or something. Right. And, because they know, John. Yeah. The, the, if they open their mouth, their wife will, will realize that they're idiots. <laughs> yes. That's what I thought. I mean, I, I had that fear right after I had a mystical encounter with Christ in 2002 that changed my life. Mm -hmm. And I, I was convicted. I'm like, I must lead my family, my wife in prayer because we had no children at the time. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, the minute I open my mouth, she is going to think and realize that I am the biggest fool on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. That is the voice of the devil. Mm -hmm. You must ignore it. 
because God sees you as his little son. And of course, you aren't going to be Thomas Aquinas. Let's not kid ourselves. But even Thomas Aquinas realized that all of his learning, all of his incredible insight was only scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. And even he got discouraged on what he knew. Mm -hmm. So that is of the devil. You put it to the side and you just be faithful. Mm -hmm. Open your mouth, start praying. Start leading, start teaching. Well, and use and yeah, and use the resources that are available to us. So I think right. when, when you put it on your own shoulders, like right. we've got it, it's like that's when you're approaching it all wrong. Is yeah. you're there to be a, a conduit, an instrument, a vessel for the Lord's grace upon your family, and, yeah. and, and we have so many resources available to us. I think that's a that's one of the things that we we need to make sure we convey, especially to the men out there, yeah. that you're not in this by yourself. There's smarter, holier, more capable people out there who came before us that right. actually have I'm given you the source. I'm not Scott Hahn, but I do have Scott Hahn tattooed on my back in Old English. <laughs> That's right. So I know where his books are. That's and right. And I can just read them, right? Exactly. I mean, just pull out the catechism and take a, take a paragraph and read it to your family. That's just right. Just one paragraph. That's just right. go for I used to read the catechism as a daily devotional. I, I was going to daily mass and I would sit there and try to read as much of it as I could before mass started. And sometimes it was a paragraph, sometimes it was two. Didn't matter. It was just, just slowly and steadily making my way. It, that that book is so incredible. It is so awesome that that catechism. Amen. So just just get intentional. That's the trick, right? Is get intentional about catechizing your family, making sure that your family has the armor, has the knowledge to withstand the world, the flesh, and the devil. Because I guarantee that if you let your kids, because if all you do is let them be catechized through tenth grade or whatever it is, and they yeah. go off to college. Listen, the people are leaving in droves. Bishop Olmsted, in his uh, apostolic letter to the men of his diocese mm-hmm. in Phoenix, Arizona, says the, the nuns is the greatest, you know, increasing category of humans. People going from faith to no faith That's to right. nothing. That's right. Right, and young people are leaving in droves mm-hmm. because they have no experience, no no uh, experience of our Lord grounded in relationship. And grounded in knowledge mm-hmm. because we just trusted other people with education, whether it's our schools that we send them to uh, or it's the parish education program. And I'm not downing the parish education program. No. The, the reality is it's not their responsibility to make sure your kids are catechized. Well, how, res- what are they going to do in a, with an hour in a week? Right. right. We, we, we went back to that 0.66 percent. You, you're getting yeah. nothing from that. So if they've got to undo everything that you've been doing for the remaining hours of the week or for six days right. out of the week. They, 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 they have zero chance of, of penetrating you might soul. blindfold them and kick them in the shins while they're doing it. That's right. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, so you've got to get intentional, catechize your family. And I like your point, John, don't reinvent the wheel. Just pull out the already existing incredible resources and just leverage them for God's glory and for the salvation of your family. Amen. And I guess and to, to wrap everything up, my 10th tool in your kit to crush the head of Satan to, uh, to really make him look stupid and silly in front of his fellow demons in hell mm-hmm. is to you leverage masculine genius. Now, I know I'm not allowed to say that publicly, okay? <laughs> so there's like a rule that says you're not allowed to say men are smart or we're supposed to be dumb knuckle draggers, right? Yeah, but right. the reality is God has given us this incredible gift called masculine genius. There's a feminine genius too, by the way. Right. But in the masculine genius, it's like, uh, you know, you if you put your mind to something Amazing things happen. I mean, think about the technology in my hand here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the ability to create a device that does as much as this. We went to the moon and back with not even close to this level of technology. That's right. More than once, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, th- this is incredible. In fact, a lot of the technology NASA still uses today is not even up to this because re- you know refitting all of their stuff is, is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. So they still use older technology even today, right? So the ability for us to tackle a problem, apply our genius to it, mm-hmm. and overcome it, a mountain in our way, well, we'll drill a hole through it. We do it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the problem is, we always find a way because we we grit down and we put our genius to work and we work together to solve the problems, and we do. Well, I ask you, why can't you apply that same level of genius to overcome your addiction to pornography? Right. Overcome your 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 habit to scream and yell and beat your children. Mm-hmm. Overcome your habit to spend all your time lazing about watching sports games 
and not growing in grace or not getting to confession or going to a, a mass more than once a week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, you name the problem. What is your solution? How are you going to apply your genius to the problem to come up with a plan and and to uh, and to come up with a better solution? Now, in my book, Muscle Memory, Beating the Porn Temptation, this is the, the argument I lay out against pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. And I say this, I put it to you this way with a nice little a metaphor. Pretend for a second, I know where you live. And I'm standing outside your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting in your in your driveway or in your yard looking at your front door like this. And I have a gun. And I'm just waiting for you to come out, right? Mm-hmm. And you look out the window and you see me there with this look on my face and this gun. Do you just walk out the front door knowing Absolutely. that I'm going to shoot you? Absolutely or, not. I mean, maybe you come up with a plan before you open the door, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you think, I can walk out with my gun. I mean, it's, I'm in Texas, so we all have guns here. In <laughs> California, you guys are different ball games. Pray for that's us. A that's a different video. But, but you, can, you can call 911. Mm-hmm. You can go out the back door. I mean, you got options, right? Mm-hmm. You can look at the problem, come up with a solution, and act on it. Mm-hmm. Only a fool would just walk outside, right? Mm-hmm. Just blindly, no thought, no process, no plan, just walk outside. What is your plan when your house catches on fire? Mm-hmm. You have one, right? Mm-hmm. So if we have plans for all these things. Why can't we have a spiritual plan? That's your right. tent tool is your masculine genius. If you're not putting it to work, then I'm sorry, you're not going to be as effective on protecting your family, let alone yourself. Mm-hmm. So all these tools are at your disposal. Get a spiritual director. Start implementing all these things and growing in grace. And you're going to find the devil is not going to have his way with your wife, your kids, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, and maybe even a stranger or two. Amen. Well, Joe, hey, it's been uh, the time is zoomed by us on this uh, this first yeah. episode of True Faith, Real Talk, uh, and I, I hope that our viewers would find um, these tools helpful in their own desire to grow in holiness and to lead those whom God has entrusted to them to holiness as well. Um, how can our viewers find you, Joe McLean, the Catholic Hack? CatholicHack.com, CatholicHack, H-A-C-K.com is my website. Great place to go. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, Joe, if you guys don't know, is kind of a big deal. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my friend, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, lucky well, for you, I am not your spiritual director. Yeah, yeah, thank uh, you, brother. Thank you. I'm just trying to – it's the Christmas season. I'm just uh, – the spirit of giving. You're being generous. I'm being generous, yes, yeah. Well, brother, I appreciate the time this morning um, and uh, all the, uh, the wisdom that you've imparted on us just on your own journey, your own walk. I hope that this was uh, helpful to our viewers. And uh, from from my family to your family, we, we wish you a most blessed and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, brother. Praise Jesus. Merry Christmas to you. All right, brother. Now go get your button to confession. Get yourself holy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>